have you eaten pears? Right, it's the same thing. Eating people is like eating pears. This is a quote from our first cannibal, Jose Darangel Vargas Gomez, but he's mostly known as El Comejente, the Hannibal Lecter of the Andes, and Dorangel Vargas. Today I'm joined by Caitlin Navarrete, and she is going to provide her opinion on this case today and basically just respond to what I'm saying. Yes. So she's been debriefed a little bit, but she doesn't know the whole story. And you probably don't know the whole story either, because this was a case that I had never heard of. I definitely hadn't heard of it either. Caitlin hadn't heard of it either. <laughs> I will bet you guys have. So here we go. The story of Dorangel Vargas. Dorangel Vargas was born in 1957 to impoverished farmer parents. That's literally like what all the sources say. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't call someone impoverished farmers, but that's probably what they are. <laughs> His parents worked for the Venezuelan Liberation Forces who worked alongside guerrilla groups formed by the Communist Party of Venezuela, and they were active along the border of Colombia. That's between Colombia and Venezuela. There's like jungle in between. They patrolled like the jungle. Vargas may or may not have been part of the group himself. That's besides the point. Venezuela has actually had democratic leaders since 1958 so that's a year after he was born but there was still a communist party present i thought that was interesting i can relate to this point something i like to do is i have my points separated into paragraphs and i like to come back and try to connect it to something else something i can connect to this brief introduction of vargas is um my grandpa <laughs> not just sure if i'm supposed to say this um but my grandpa actually fought in one of these guerrilla groups for and against the communists so yeah. I won't say what country, but... <laughs> it happened. <laughs> but it happened. <laughs> Caitlin, do you have um, anything to no say yet? Grandpa no ancient grandpa. No gorilla groups. <laughs> okay. At some point in his life, one source says he was like 15. The timeline isn't like clearly recorded. He lost contact with his family and became homeless. And then uh, again, according to another source, he was alcoholic and used drugs. But not all the sources say that. But then again, why would people be necessarily keeping tabs on this? Because he hadn't done anything up to this point. He was still pretty young. So when he did become homeless, he was living in San Cristobal, Tacheria, Venezuela, under the Liberator Bridge. That's not how you say it. Liber Libertador. Libertador yeah. Bridge, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> he committed petty crimes like stealing chickens and cattle. Now, this isn't like recorded anywhere, and there's zero evidence to suggest this. But the first thing that came to my mind was I was just like imagining him like stealing live animals and like killing them yeah. and like eating their raw flesh. But then again, this was before uh, any of the other stuff happened. So who knows? Because we're going to uh, look into some things later that suggests that the reason all this happened was because of mental illness. So perhaps it hadn't it hadn't got. Yeah, it hadn't gotten there yet. And by the way, Caitlin. You, if you have like anything to say, just jump in while I'm talking and okay. I'll, I'll stop because that's like how this goes. This is going to be a fun conversation. Okay, <clears throat> I will. So we're getting to the good part. Vargas's story as it relates to cannibalism starts in 1995 when he claimed his first victim, Baltazar Moreno. Moreno had been reported missing and was last seen by his brother talking to Vargas. So based on this lead, the police went to Vargas because they knew where he was. They knew where he um, 
where he frequented. They went to talk to him and they found his body like immediately. He had been beaten and possibly impaled with a metal tube and he had slices taken out of his body, especially around the thighs. Gross. Gross? <laughs> yeah, I mean like, yeah. So I thought immediately about American Horror Story. Oh. Roanoke? Yes. Where they were, like, cutting up the ladies' thighs. Yeah, the, the, the hillbillies. Yes. <laughs> I love how we both... Yeah. American Horror Story. Yeah. They were cannibals. They were cannibals. <laughs> they were cannibals. <laughs> so, yeah, I wonder if there's something, like, about thigh meat. Or maybe it's just that, like, it's so plentiful. Like, it's most easy access. Yeah. But something we'll, um, you'll hear later. Vargas, like, preferred the thigh meat. But with the, with American Horror Story, it seemed like they did that because it was, like, the easiest place to get meat from. Yeah. And, it was, like, they were tortured. Yeah. He was alive. He was alive. Or his but he was alive. beaten and impaled with a metal tube. Before Probably. We, One would hope. I mean, it's never good to, to have been eaten, but I would hope that you're dead before you're eaten. But we'll, we'll hear another case where that definitely wasn't the case. Uh, like, what's his name? Armin Mavis. He, you know what? We're going to save that because this is a big story. It's probably going to take like two episodes because there's so much information about that. After this, the police quickly captured and detained Vargas because like, okay, you just killed and ate a guy. You, you got to go, man. They sent him to a psychiatric hospital for testing because obviously, and he was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. Anything to add? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm engaged. <laughs> Don't be. Be ready to talk. Be ready to jump in. If you hear a word, you know, just be like, I know that. Schizophrenia. It's that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will mention that a couple sources said he was diagnosed as a psychopath, but then again, the... The sources read, like, really awkwardly. I think that they were translated from Spanish and then just, like, carelessly reposted. And one of them straight up says his family was peasants. <laughs> so I think... Not the most reliable. Yeah, so I think it was, like, they translated it through, like, Google Translate. And the closest word to being, like, poor farmers was peasants. And they were like, let's just go with it. <laughs> Another... Clearly, originally English source said that he showed psychopathic tendencies, but it really, it seems to me like they saw one of those unreliable sources and then just was like, yeah, we'll just go with it. But I don't think that he was a psychopath because there's a difference. There's definitely a difference. Um, Psychotic tendencies, maybe, but not psychopathic. (laughs) There's a difference. You know that there was a difference. There is definitely a difference. So like, like, psychopathic. I didn't see. Okay, go. So, so like, psychopathic tendencies would be, like, you're manipulative and you're, like, cunning, but also, like... And then to be, like, diagnosed as psychopath, you actually have to, like, act act on it? Not exactly, because there are people who are psychopaths who are, like... Like, American Psycho, basically. Although I might say he was more of a sociopath. Have okay. you seen American Mm-mm. Psycho? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of another. I've seen this Shane Dawson documentary about sociopaths, so I know those ones. But... It's it's pretty much the same thing. It Not the same thing, because I don't want anyone to yell at me, but it, it's really similar. Okay. Basically, just think sociopaths. You know, you are familiar with, yeah. the, okay. with the circus. Okay, but then being, to be psychotic is like, I'm like the lamb to the slaughter. Okay. Like, um... Basically, you just, like, went crazy. You're on a violent rampage. That's Got it. psychotic versus psychopathic. Vargas just murdered someone. He's been diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic. And here is where it gets a little bit messy. 
Um, I'll tell you both sides of the story and then say what I'm inclined to believe. So some people say that after he was hospitalized, he managed to escape and from there went on a murder spree. Um, but other people say that after two years in care, he was deemed not a danger to society and he was released. That seems strange because I feel like if you're accused of actually eating someone and there's like irrefutable evidence, I don't understand how you could be. Well, the thing is, he was released. He was, you know what? I will get into that in a little bit. Okay. But the thing is, I am inclined to believe that he was released. But obviously, neither scenario is awesome because mm -hmm. either way, he was um he was in care for two years and then he was out of care for two years. The reason why I am inclined to believe that he was released from care, we know that he was homeless. We know that he had an illness that was difficult and expensive to manage and treat. And we'll find out shortly how pressed for cash the Venezuelan government is, basically. So keeping this homeless guy away from other homeless people wasn't, like, their top priority. Treating him for this disease that's really hard and expensive to treat isn't going to be this government's top priority. Um, a lot of times in a lot of countries, government workers in fields like healthcare and even law enforcement just can't be bothered to protect people efficiently, whether it's because they don't have the funds or they just don't want to. They were basically just willing to gamble other people's lives to save money and effort. This is uh, similar to another case um, that I'm going to be covering in the future, Lino Renzi. He too was schizophrenic and he too was released from the hospital when he clearly should not have been. In fact, his case sparked a debate about healthcare in Italy. People were so upset that he got released and killed someone that it sparked this whole healthcare debate. Um, a reason that I'm surprised it, well, I mean, Venezuela has other issues, but yeah. I'm surprised that this didn't spark that kind of debate because this is like the only um, serial killer in Venezuela, Dorangel Vargas. He is the only serial killer from Venezuela. That's really strange. So you would think that it would, I mean, it was, it was a huge story, but it was, it didn't have people talking about like the government or about healthcare. He had a lot of, how many victims did he have? I'll get to that in a second because okay. we aren't exactly sure. I'll tell you what I think and then you tell me what you think. Okay. It's very possible that the doctors Vargas was working with really did think he was going to be okay because he was in care for two years. And if he was a psychopath, which by the way, I don't believe, he could easily have figured out what they wanted to hear and told it to them. But he was schizophrenic. I don't believe he was a psychopath. I don't, I don't think those traits overlap, but I could be wrong. It's also possible that he escaped, although I don't think that's entirely accurate, too, because if he did, in fact, escape, I am also inclined to believe that they didn't look very hard for him because he was out for two years in a very active park area. You would think that if he escaped, they would have looked harder for him, especially since they knew he where he was active. And they, that he was dangerous and yeah, had tendencies of eating people. Exactly. They knew he was dangerous. I feel like they would have gone to look for him. And even... If he did escape, that just shows further negligence of the government. Right. I feel not. like I agree with you with the whole he was probably released thing. Because mm -hmm. they would have looked for him. Definitely. They would have found him. So. so here is the fun part or the horrifying and disgusting part. and Probably the latter. <laughs> Two years after Vargas is released, the police come upon basically like a mass grave site. There um. are bodies and rotting pieces of bodies like sticking out of the ground partially buried partially not buried 
they find this after two members of the civil defense find the bodies of two young people. Oh, no. Yeah. So basically they came around, they came upon these bodies. They were like, hey, police, you need, something needs to happen here because this is not supposed to happen. There are dead people. Uh, it isn't obvious what state the bodies were in, but it was certainly a sight to behold. There were decomposing bodies of men with pieces cut out of them, sometimes with the limbs partially severed, mm. and they were most often bludgeoned to death with metal and rocks. If anything <laughs> no. The police also found the remains of at least six other victims, not counting the two young people no. that the civil defense found. That's a lot of a short amount of time, right? Yes. The, the, it was at least eight people okay. that they found here. And he was out for two years by the time they found him. Yikes. Yeah. So they only found the bodies of men, which I don't... I hate to say that that's refreshing, but, like, it is because when you know a lot about cannibals, you know that mm. when it isn't a cultural thing, it's mostly men who like eating women for like sexual reasons okay. but not not always so it's kind of nice that he didn't target women just because it's a change of pace the bare bones facts is that the police find the bodies and the remains and they really don't know what to make of it there's speculation that it's some kind of satanic cult grounds or burial grounds for the victims of drug trafficking violence or even a black market or organ harvesting ring that means they were like cut up yeah real cut up were their organs missing? Probably. Ew. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Not very intelligent commentary. Just ew every five seconds. That's <laughs> okay. It applies. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit more about the satanic stuff because I have a lot to say about that. The thing is, when they find the bodies, they don't know what to make of it. Pretty quickly, it's connected to Vargas because this is the area he frequents. And really, it's not a good move to leave bodies there, if you ask me. Is that the place that he frequented before? Is it like the same area? I believe so. Okay. So he wasn't trying to hide. Not really, which goes back to the psychotic tendencies, how he wasn't trying to hide, really. I mean, he did leave them somewhere where they wouldn't necessarily be found quickly. Mm -hmm. But he wasn't, like, actively trying to cover it up. He would eventually confess to killing ten victims, all men. Although he says some things that make me question this. Um, he confesses to only ten murders, all of whom he killed with the intentions of eating. It's projected that he might have killed up to 40 people, which is a number that seems a little bit more likely to me because there were a lot of remains found that they couldn't identify or connect to other bodies. Oh, God. But they also couldn't necessarily say that it was a different body because so many of them had pieces missing. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's like 40. You said 40. Yeah. That's a lot of people. It's between like 10 and 40 because 10 is the number he confessed I to. just like want to know how he attracted that many people. Like, it, what could have he possibly done to get that many people? To yeah, well, it was people who frequented this park area. Um, okay. It was mostly homeless men who okay. fell asleep or were passed out in the wrong place at the wrong time. And then you also said, like, in the case file that, like, he hunted people? Yeah, this was just him going around. But it wasn't like, picky, right? He didn't have, like, a... Like a well, other than he men, said... Yeah, he, he ate men. He... 
I believe somewhere it said that he preferred people with an athletic build, but I wouldn't think necessarily that people who are passing out on park benches usually have an athletic build. Yeah. Then again, it does say that they found the body of two young people. So I am not positive. But a lot of places do say he preferred athletes. So like people running in the park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then again, these are people who you would think they knew were missing. The, there was like no missing person cases. There might have been, but them. you would think that if there was an investigation on this, they would have found them sooner. Right. But this just so happened. Especially because, that many missing people all yeah, at once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 40 missing people. But this or just, 10, whatever it is. Yeah, between 10 and 40. But this just happened because these two people happened upon these remains. So there was, like, no investigation being done on these missing people. What we gather from this huge number of people that he killed is that humans were basically just a meal to him. Like, he killed people to eat them because he was hungry, basically, because he liked eating people. Mm. He compared them to dogs and fruit and other miscellaneous meat. So, like, he had no regard for human life. Yeah, basically. And I'm going to read some quotes that kind of... Like, stir that up. Yeah, basic. he was basically like, have you eaten a pear? It's like eating a pear. Which, it sounds like, sounds like mocking to me. Yeah. But I don't know, because if he was schizophrenic, if it was so bad that he was killing people, would he have the capacity to, like, make a joke like that? To make a joke about eating people? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know how bad it was because there are people who are schizophrenic who can function on a daily basis but they don't really eat people he killed mostly homeless men uh as we were talking about before who fell asleep in the wrong place or got drunk and passed out in the park he would beat them to death with a metal tube or rock and a couple sources said he used a tube-like spear to kill his victims what I believe this is, um, it could be another error in translation. Like, maybe he used his metal tube to impale his victims as well as beat them to death. And uh, it just sort of got separated into a metal tube and a tubular spear. Okay. Ultimately, he's convicted for the 10 murders he confessed to in 1999. So this is two years after he either escaped or was released. I believe he was released. Mm-hmm. But wait, there's more. He did not stop killing people when he got to prison. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. The last time he ate someone was actually in 2016. Yeah. What do you mean? (laughs) So in 2016, there was a mutiny in the prison that he was held in due to the appalling conditions. They were. Oh my God. Sorry. No, it's okay. They were overpopulated. They were understaffed and people were straight up starving. The pictures of these prisoners are so upsetting and unsettling that, I mean, I would believe that there was a mutiny to these, like, there were people who were like, we we can't stand this anymore, we're done. Right. But there are some people who disagree, namely the Venezuelan government. Yeah, but the conditions were awful. There are pictures of these prisoners, and they're all, like, emaciated oh and... Wait, so do you think he ate the person out of necessity, like he wasn't being fed? Well, hold on. So there's another story floating around that all this chaos was part of gang violence. Mm. Yeah. Long story short, two prisoners from rival gangs were killed, and the killers went to Vargas because they knew he was in there for eating people, and they told him to get rid of the bodies. I don't buy that. Yeah, that seems (laughs) 
like an action movie or like I don't it know. seems like what a government who was trying to oh. cover up their bad conditions would say would for be- sure yeah yeah that sounds like a rumor but essentially there was like this massive riot um and in the chaos two prisoners anthony correa and juan carlos herrera were killed and hanged in a way so that they like bled out onto the floor some sources say they were the direct victims of Vargas and some disagree. Some say that basically in the chaos, he was like, now's my chance and he just killed them. Um, obviously, there's the story of the gang members that they killed them and then they went to Vargas to cover it up. The mm-hmm. reason why there might be some validity to that, I by the way, I don't believe it. I think there was a mutiny because I did see the pictures. Uh, the fathers of these two young men don't believe that because... Yeah. They knew the conditions and they never got justice, basically, which I'll go into a little bit later. So the reason that they say that they went to Vargas to get rid of the bodies was because he actually ended up feeding the pieces of them to other prisoners. You're joking. No. So, like, I'm imagining, like, a picnic with, like, paper plates. (laughs) That's definitely not how it went down. But... I mean, I can only assume that they knew what they were eating because where would he have gotten meat from in this prison? That's sick. Yeah. You know what it actually reminds me of? This is kind of silly. But, like, there's there's a show called The 100, right? And mm-hmm. I watch it. And um, basically, like, they were locked in this bunker and they ran out of supplies. Like, they completely ran out of food. So out of necessity, they began eating, like, the dead people. Like, the, like the people that would pass away, they would, like, cut them up and they would, like, sit, like, in, like... A dining hall and literally just like everyone got like a little like rectangle of like human meat Ooh. and they would eat it but nobody wanted to eat it because they're like that could have been like my sibling my family those right. types of situations but like they ended up having like actually start hunting like live so they would have like like little battles with each other and then the person that would die they would eat and it was pretty sick Ugh. and they wouldn't eat it so the the girl who was like in charge she had to be the first to eat it and then they were threatened to be killed and eaten if they didn't eat the human meat. That's Yikes. all. <laughs> you know, that reminded me of um the Donner party because they like had it set up be- so that they didn't uh, mm. eat people they were related to. But if you're in that much necessity, uh, oh, yeah, I could see where it wouldn't be like realistic for you to not eat someone because they were your sibling but of course this is fiction yeah like my faith in humanity is wanting me to believe that like maybe they were really hungry like they didn't yeah have a yeah that's true like but i don't think that I don't like know. they were like you guys the government has abandoned us but look i got you some food yeah still my i don't think i you i would rather starve you <laughs> would you rather believe that they didn't know what they were eating and they were just like sure vargas you're a cool dude i would rather believe it but i don't think that's true <laughs> right yeah it it didn't i know nowhere really specified so i can't say for sure but i can only assume that they knew that's pretty much the story <laughs> that's his whole thing from start to finish starting with um baltazar moreno ending with herrera and correa I think that's how you say it. Was he, like, arrested for life or, like, imprisoned for life? I believe he's... Oh, yes, he is still in prison. Okay. Because he, he, very... he was convicted for those 10 murders. He's old? Older? He was born in 1957. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. We're, like, older. <laughs> We're, like, doing the math. Aren't your parents young? Okay, how old is he? Let's just let's figure <laughs> that out. Yeah, so he's 61. He's not really old. 
But he's gonna, he's gonna be in there for a while, and he has been in there for How a while. How do you punish people like that commit crimes in prison? Were they, were they all convicted cannibals after that moment? Like the people that uh, not Vargas, or is that his last name? Yeah. Okay, I think he was retried because one of the sources said uh, he was he was tried for murder, and then it also said that he was tried for like inciting cannibalism basically Mm. so i think he got charges added okay i'm not positive though but he was already he was already in there for he was already in there for life yeah but i believe now he's in solitary confinement like 24 7 do their do you know if their government believes in like killing like the killing what is it called um why do i don't yeah, the death, the death penalty. penalty. I wanted to say lethal injection because that's like the PC <laughs> way of saying yeah. it. But yeah, I couldn't remember the word either. Death penalty. I truly I don't know because you would think. you would think that he would have gotten it. But then again, he was schizophrenic. But oh. he also wasn't in a psychiatric hospital. He was in prison. So who knows, really? Mm. I'm not sure. I didn't do a whole lot of research, but yeah. I, pr- I probably could have done more. The government and basically the people who ran the prison were still like, this never happened, bro. It just, things got a little out of hand, but we're okay. Some people died, but it's no big deal. It wasn't because of a mutiny. But there are anonymous sources, like the guards from the prison. They say, yeah, this definitely happened. It got really out of control and it was horrible. It was like the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And then there are people like, I'm making this up. I don't know if the warden actually said anything, but people like the warden would be like, no, it didn't. Shut up. You're dumb. Yeah. So but, trying to cover up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of these victims, his father was speaking out against everything that happened. He was saying, gosh, I really wish I knew which one it was. I don't know. I think it was um, Juan Carlos Herrera, his mm-hmm. father, I believe. I'm so sorry if I'm wrong and I'll definitely try to correct next time or on Twitter if I am. But his father was saying that he never got justice, that he died in prison because of their mistakes. And he's basically, he's just speaking out about it as much as he possibly can. It was so heartbreaking to read what he said about his son. Because he was basically just saying, I never got justice that I deserved and neither did my son. Okay, so... That's the story from start to finish. Now we can get into the other details and we can have like a discussion about it. Conspiracies. <laughs> Conspiracy theories come, this, they come a little bit later. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so Vargas said some pretty wacky things. We talked about him calling people pears and dogs and liking thigh meat. Mm-hmm. He admitted to being a cannibal, obviously and admitted that the only reason he killed people was to eat them and that he liked the taste of human meat. So earlier I mentioned he confessed to killing 10, but I don't think that that's accurate. Right? Right, (laughs) because the the horde of bodies. Because of the horde of remains that they don't know where they came from and all that jazz. But also because he said some really weird things. Like he claimed to only ever eat men, but he said that it was because they tasted better than women. Oh, so he... (laughs) So that's really weird. He said that when compared, the meat of women was like eating a flower. Sick. Yeah. (laughs) But he's incriminating himself. Right. He's saying, like, I totally know what women taste like. Yeah. 
He said that they were far too sweet. So I have a couple things to say about this. I bet you if you fed him a lady, he wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I mean, I'm sure that he wouldn't be able to either. And second, if he only ever killed men, how does he know that he prefers to eat men? That's true. Yeah. You can't have a preference if you haven't tried both. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Here, I forget. We're I talking mean, about humans. We're not, we're not advocating, like... Yeah. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but he, he's basically like, yeah, I'm confessing to killing these men, and I killed them because they were tasty, and I know they were tasty because... I ate them. Because, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> ate them, and they're better than women, but I've never eaten them. So that's why I think... I think he probably killed at least one to three... And then decided, like, mm, I don't like them that much. Um, otherwise, he did say that they tasted like flowers, which is a little bit weird, which probably isn't true. But I also don't think that people taste like pears. But another reason why he might have said, like, why he felt the need to justify that he only killed men was because basically he felt like he needed to have an excuse for eating only men. Oh, which there is absolutely something to say, like, culturally and psychologically about cannibalism and sexuality, but I don't see a whole lot of proof of that in this case to dive into that any deeper. But there's there's definitely, like, a correlation. Like I said before, most people, like, eat women because their brains are all wacky and they... Because they're, like, sexually attracted. Yes. Okay. So maybe he felt like he needed to give some kind of justification for not eating women, and he was like, they're too sweet, you know? Oh, okay. But then again... It was never proven that he was, like, sexually attracted to his victims because he ate them purely for eating. Absolutely. Okay. That's that's what he claims anyway. He says, I ate them because I was hungry, basically. But it does say that as far as they know, they only found men's remains. So maybe I'm wrong, and he never did eat women, but I feel like... Because there's no proof to say that he ate them because, like, because of any kind of sexual attraction, that he ate them only because of he was hungry. I would think that he would have tried women a couple times before having claimed that he doesn't like that, you know? Yeah, I hear what you mean. So that's pretty much all I have to say about the facts of the case. So we're going to get into some analysis and some theories and basically any other conversation that comes up before we transitioned into the cult. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was the Satanism thing. I don't know anything really about Satanism, so educate me. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. So, <laughs> so Venezuela is majority Catholic, and it pretty much has been since it was colonized by Spain. They have a 1% population of people who practice Santeria, which is um, the practice of saint worship from Catholicism and also includes some of the more magical aspects of African religions. So they have a pretty vibrant culture of spiritualism and superstition. Catholicism, as we know, has followers with like basically just magic, you know, like Christianity in general has some pretty like magical elements to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of supernatural philosophies like the Holy Ghost This is all really off topic. I'm just trying to (laughs) come back in. Um, And it's common among Christians and in other religions to associate mental illness with demon possession. Yeah. Especially schizophrenia. And um, I don't think I mentioned this now that I think about it. But when he was separated from his family, when the police talked to him, they said that by the time he left, he they thought he was possessed by demons. He left 
and they thought that he basically he was going to die because he was possessed. So I didn't mention that earlier, and I definitely should have. And also, when the police uh, were talking to him, at some point, someone said he was possessed. This is a police officer, keep in mind. Right. Yeah, there's definitely something to be said about schizophrenia and homelessness, but we'll leave that for the end if we have time to talk about it. There are two points when Satanism like comes up. That's obviously his parents and the police saying he was possessed, and then mm-hmm. when they found the grave site, they uh, speculated that it was part of satanic rituals, but the, the police never really believed that. They were like, mm-hmm. that's dumb. But then again, there was that guy who was like, oh my god, he's possessed! Uh (sighs) so here is the thing i have a problem with the linking of demonic possession to mental illness as you should (laughs) yeah i have a problem with the concept of demon possession in literally any sense of the concept except for like literary and it's it's incredibly damaging to blame completely human things on supernatural yeah on supernatural things because you're basically saying it is out of your control. There's nothing I can do to help you. Which can, like, deter someone from getting help. Yeah. And as someone who has been accused of having demons to my face by people that I care about, I I hate the concept entirely. Um, the reference that I put at the end of this was Annalise Mitchell, which it, who is the little girl that one of the big exorcism movies is based on. I don't remember. I've seen the BuzzFeed Unsolved video of that. Oh, <laughs> So she uh she was probably schizophrenic too. If you know the movie, um if you know the movie at me on Twitter, um wholesome underscore VC, um it's gonna be in the description. So as someone who has been accused of having demons to my face, I I hate it, obviously. I think it's a ridiculous thing to claim. And I don't even want to consider it as a theory in any narrative at all unless Perhaps it's fiction or satire. And even then, I don't want to hear it coming from a genuine Christian point of view. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the things that people blame demonic possession for are just things that happen in life. And it is so unhealthy to project that kind of supernatural worldview onto things that just happen. And it's demeaning to the person that you're accusing because you're saying instead of trying to help you or support you, or understand you, I don't have to, because this isn't you doing this, it's Satan. And your feelings on the subject, they don't matter, because it's Satan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which, to relate that back to the case, people say that about homeless people all the time, even in the United States. No, yeah, I agree. There's, like, this sort of stigmatism connected to, like, homeless people and mental illness. Yeah. Almost as if, like, because they don't have like a high social standard or even any like real social standing they don't deserve or they're not going to be have access to get help you know and they don't and there are a lot of mentally ill homeless people like i said especially in the united states but the thing is when people are so focused on like especially in places where there is a huge christian culture they aren't getting help not just because of an apathetic government but because of society who is saying that it doesn't matter if you help them or not. Oh gosh, I went on a really long rant about demonic possession because I wrote this really late (laughs) in the night. So I just wanted to bring up the topic of demonic possession because it disgusts me beyond belief. And I was really angry when I read that the first time. And I don't think any of you would do this, but just a little like heads up, if you accuse someone you love of being possessed by demons, 
don't be surprised if they don't want to be around you anymore. Valid. <laughs> Valid. Okay, now we're at the conspiracy theories. Hell yeah. <laughs> Yay, conspiracy theories. Okay, so it was speculated, and I kind of alluded to this before, that Vargas was actually just a patsy for a drug harvesting drug. That Vargas was actually just a patsy for a drug ring or August organ harvesting uh thing black market organ black market organ organ harvesting like those movies where people wake up in a bathtub full of ice with a giant scar on their abdomen that's a really big fear of mine well (laughs) don't go to venezuela (laughs) i'm kidding they have like they have one serial killer oh yikes we have a million so i don't necessarily think this is true at all yeah he, it wouldn't explain him being like, I love to eat humans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I could make a case for it, and I intend on doing so. Give it to me. So he was homeless, schizophrenic. He was diagnosed and everything, so he was definitely homeless, definitely schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. And he had already been hospitalized for murder once. And keep in mind that up to this point, he had only killed one person, right? Right. So he would have been an easy target to pin all these murders on. All these murders of all these people who were essentially just torn to bits. Like, there were pieces missing, and how do you explain that other than taking their organs to move somewhere else? Okay. By eating someone. But wouldn't he... I don't know. Never mind. No, I guess, like, his... Would his illness stop him from trying to clear his name? Like, would he not care that he's being pinned... These murders being pinned on him? Or that, like... He, uh, he confessed to killing these people. Hold on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I will address that in like one second. But basically, so he would have been an easy target to pin it on because he was homeless, because he was schizophrenic. And this is also a crazy amount of people to have killed in two years. Like yeah. 40 people, the remains of 40 people. That's an insane amount of people to kill in two years. <laughs> I know we emphasized this before. I just don't understand how that many people can go missing in such a short period of time and for there not yeah. to be a bigger investigation about yeah. it. Yeah. That's what makes me think a little bit like government conspiracy, but true, like it might be wrong. True, conspiracy theories, that makes sense, definitely, but then that doesn't explain why he killed people in prison and fed them to other inmates. That's true. <laughs> but I'm still arguing for the conspiracy theory right now, so ignore that for a second. So wouldn't his mental illness have just made him sloppy? Don't you think they would have found him before two years if it was just him killing people? Yeah. Yeah, so being schizophrenic, he would have been totally, like, and if he did have psychotic tendencies, Tendencies. he would have totally been, like, out of his mind, doesn't know what he's doing. It would have, they would have caught him a lot faster than that. So he would have just been sloppy, and that is why I believe that he is the victim of drug trap. Just kidding. I don't. (laughs) I think, um... (laughs) You said with so much conviction, I was like... Nicole. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely have made a case for it. And if I had to, I could ignore all the crazy things that he said about liking eating people. But um, I'm trying to tell the truth. <laughs> so I will go ahead and say that he said a lot of crazy things about eating people. But he could have just been primed to think that. And if he was as mentally ill as he would have had to be to kill and eat people, could he have been convinced by these drug lords that he did kill them? Oh, and, like, kind of fed all those, guess what they taste like? Fucking pears. Oh, yes! <laughs> Ew! <laughs> <laughs> I 
He could have been convinced by whoever he took the fall for that he really did commit the crimes. More sane people have been convicted of things just as horrifying. Yikes. Right? You could use him as an escape, though. You definitely could. Because and then you could was... exploit his mental illness by saying, like, you did it. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's just kind of a conspiracy theory. I don't necessarily believe it, but now that I said it out loud, <laughs> I'm kind of scared. <laughs> it makes a little bit of sense. Uh, remember, prison happened. Prison, yes, yes. But then again, was it him or was it these gang members who mm. killed the people and blamed it on Vargas? Yikes. Right? He could be totally innocent, but he's not. I don't not. like that. <laughs> he said a lot of things. Yeah, he was not. So we don't support cannibalistic tendencies. Yeah, not here on the cannibal podcast. We don't like cannibals. This isn't here. a support group for this cannibals. Is not a cannibal support group. I should probably have said that at the beginning. If you're here because you think it's a cannibal support group, you're like an hour in. You're an hour in. You're like, when are they gonna start absolving me of my guilt? Well, um, get help. I'm not gonna judge you. I love you. <laughs> cool. Maybe not. Maybe don't say you love can Okay. I didn't say I love cannibals. You said I, mean, I love you. If there, if there is an individual who has cannibalistic feelings, I love them because I love them as an individual, not that I love cannibals. All right, let's keep it going. That's conspiracy theories, Nicole. Okay, so that's the only conspiracy theory, really, but there's so much to say about that. Like, you could argue right. anything. I can argue anything. We've seen it. <laughs> I could argue that I love cannibals as individuals, not as a group. So some other, some final comments. I have a couple other quotes from him that basically just say, basically just go into what we were saying about how this guy was all kinds of wacky. He was also quoted saying the following, of course, he would have said this in Spanish. <laughs> These are translations. Human meat is nice, but I like all kinds of meat. Also, I don't feel ashamed of anything. They have put me in jail for nothing. Um, uh, another one, uh, another comment uh, I have to say about this as we're wrapping up. The Criminal Minds fandom page is surprisingly informative for having never actually mentioned his name on the show. This is where, this is actually one of my sources, because one of their people was, like, mm -hmm. based off of him. Okay. Yeah. but And they had, like, a ton of information about this guy. So that's really interesting. Mm. Speaking of Criminal Minds, if you like this, take a listen to my other podcast, Unsub, which is where me and my sister analyze episodes of Criminal Minds once a week. We go episode by episode. That's U-N-S-U-B. Give it a listen. It's a lot more lighthearted than this. But, like, if you don't like Criminal Minds, you know, maybe you just stick to the cannibals. Oh, my last comment. I think I already mentioned this, but Venezuela up to this point did not have very many serial killers. I wrote this before I knew the truth. They had zero. He is... The first. He was the first serial killer from Venezuela. I didn't believe it, so I looked it up, and it seems like he's still the only one. And his crimes are so long ago. Well, it well, was 1997 to 99 okay. was the period in which he was active. And then 2016. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if they have, like, if they have a drug problem, if they have, um, if they have the kind of, like, murder that we do here. Right. Constant. <laughs> like, just constant people being murdered. 
I, I truly don't know, but it seems like it's not on a massive scale at all. Is, is he, that, like, part of, like, government control? I Who knows? I probably should have done more research. I definitely could have done more research, but I'm more interested in the human condition part of all this. Yeah. So the song of the week is El Come Gente by Bacalo Men. I've, I'm positive I'm saying that wrong, so I'm going to spell it for you. That's L-C-O-M-E. G-E-N-T-E by B-A-C-A-L-A-O men. Because it's about our guy. No, they wrote a cannibal song. They wrote a song about him. It's pretty catchy. I liked it. Okay, well. Yeah, so that's all I have to say. Do you have any... I don't have any final comments. Any wrapping up? No, I don't think so. I have... No. Okay. So what do you think about all this now that you know the whole story? I don't know. Now that I heard the whole story, I definitely don't believe in the conspiracy theory. I want to make that pretty explicit. I think that it was just a guy who had some issues. I don't I don't know. I don't yeah. understand how you can commit that many murders. The thing that's just like sticking out in my mind the most is like how did there how was there not like a deeper investigation going on right. about all these missing people? Like that's what keeps sticking out in my mind. So like but we've proven that, like, their government doesn't really have much, what is the word? Like, consideration for their citizens. Yeah. Which is rich coming from Yeah, American. I mean, we say, <laughs> we're not saying this from, like, a stuck-up American point of view. Because yeah, we yeah, don't, yeah. like, we, we recognize we have a whole bunch of issues. For sure, for sure. But, it, but it, just um, that combined with the whole condition of the prisons. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It really does seem like they weren't completely, like, maybe they have other things to deal with, yeah. basically, is what it seems like. Yeah, definitely the number of people who went missing in only two years, that would have been, like, if it was the full 40, which I don't know if it was, I don't know if I believe it was all 40 people, mm -hmm. but if it was um, the full 40 that they're putting on him, that is 20 people each year. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people to kill. That's the only thing that makes me think maybe these conspiracy theories have some validity. I don't think they do, actually. But when it came up, I did question yeah. that just because of the sheer number. That makes sense. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this. I'm still trying to get into the groove of uh, making this podcast a reality. I'm really glad that I started because I've had the, I've been, it's been in the mix for a really long time and I haven't um, been able to put it out yet. So I'm really glad that I got to record this first episode, even if it wasn't everything that I hoped and dreamed it would be. I'm really glad that it exists. If you liked it, come back next week. We're going to be talking about the Branch Davidians. Caitlin is going to be, <laughs> she's going to come back next week. She's going to be talking about the Waco uh, massacre, David Koresh. Love me some cults. We, we love cults here <laughs> at the Cannibal Podcast. That's what we're about. We're about cults and cannibals. And a couple of times, they might just intersect. Ooh. Ooh you're going to have to come <laughs> back. And uh, yeah, like I said, still trying to make this a reality. Definitely stay tuned because I can only get better, I hope. <laughs> That's true. <Woo. laughs> we'll see you next week. 